Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined each week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and true crime and TV and movies and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. She's been yelling a I know, lot. I've been in a today. yelling mood today. I'm like, you're a yeller I was, today. <laughs> I was sitting in supervision with my associate the other day and I was saying something. And I go, why am I yelling? Yeah. <laughs> she goes, I actually didn't notice that until you just said it right there. I'm like, why am I yelling right now? I, I mean, it's not it, that excited. Like, I don't have to get that excited. Right. I mean, if we're truthful, Kathy is a yeller. I'm a yeller. <laughs> she is a yeller. She Old gets excited. Yeller. That's oh. what they call me. <laughs> Oh, you're cute and blonde, just like old, old like a yellow lab. <laughs> I wanted to say here in California on the day that we are recording this, which is pre the 4th of July weekend, but you are listening to it after the 4th of July weekend. Today, we are having a heat advisory. Apparently, my sources say that it is 99 degrees out there. And that is that's cray. far too hot. I got uh, in the car and it's at 102, but I always like the cars are over. I know. That's yeah. why I'm like, that'll probably drop about three. Our cars are very dramatic. Very. Histrionic and it's, with their, and it's a black car. So it just soaks up the sun. And then once I start to drive and things kind of regulate Histrionic. and there's wind. <laughs> Your cars histrionic cars. Grand Cherokees tend to be very histrionic vehicles. They're like, it's so hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, it's too freaking hot. And I imagine that by the time you all are listening to this, it's even hotter. So I don't know what I'm complaining about. Damn. I I did want to, but that would make it even more exciting that, you know, Shark Week is early this year. I don't know if y'all like Shark Week. It's usually August, right? It's usually August, first or second week of August. Uh, because my birthday is in August, so I'm. It's normally yeah, like it is. right after my birthday. Uh, however, Shark Week this uh, year on the Discovery Channel, etc., is July. Like I think it's the tenth through the eighteenth. But I was mentioning it because I just we have a schedule on our Discord that's for our patrons, <laughs> and we're. We are engaging heavily in Shark Week. We have been prepping, we have been planning, we have been plotting and thinking about Shark Week for at least a month now. And we've scheduled so many movies. Uh, What I basically did was I scheduled a, I think it's five or six days in a row of shark movies. And I got everybody's input, including yours, Mm -hmm. actually. So we are watching things like the Meg, The Shallows, Deep Blue Sea, and even Santa Jaws. Oh, nice. Because. Like Christmas in July. I love the Santa Jaws, by the way. That was my pick. Santa I, uh, I let others pick most of everything else. <laughs> right. uh, and of course, the piece of resistance of the twofer of our last night of Shark Week will be a Jaws-Sharknado combo because I felt those two were the yin and the yang of, of shark movies. Without a doubt. Like the best shark movie <laughs> and arguably the worst. <laughs> but there's a lot of competition for the worst, honestly. Oh, yeah. Uh, and another one we're watching is Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. So I, I actually like Deep Blue Sea. I, no, no, no. That's one of the better ones. Yeah, that's one of the no, better no, no, ones. Th- but- there's, I, what I did was I asked people for their favorites, right. which was more in line with Jaws, Deep Blue Sea, The Shallows, The Meg, stuff like that. And then I asked for the ones that, 
you love to hate or that are so bad they're fun. Right. And that was things like Sharknado and Six Headed Shark Attack is one of the ones we'll be watching. So couple that with the other thing that we programmed, which was some summer solstice evenings, which I think will be super fun. I got everybody's input yeah. on that too. And it's stuff like summer of 84 and the lost boys. And, yeah. um, it's going to be like a summer drive-in. Uh, this is what we're doing, man. That's what I've started to do when we're on the discord. Those I sit outside with my, with my iPad and glass Freaking of wine and, and like as the sun comes out and it does, it feels like a summer driving. Well, and that's what I, that's what I tried to program July and I'll try to do the same with August because, but also let me just say there are some great things coming uh, to streaming this month and, and you guys already will have known that near dark, uh, we will have already watched it on the discord by the time this airs, but you guys near dark is on shutter mm. which is hard like for those of you who are fans of near dark for the last several decades you'll know it's very hard to find it is so it's out there go watch it and 13 ghosts is also streaming I saw that. Month, which is also yeah. one of those ones that's the not original or the remake the the one we like yeah the nine from the 90s yeah because <laughs> yeah. the, the original the original is like the old black and white yeah no, yeah. the one we love okay <laughs> the one we love very the very, matthew very lillard much. one yeah and then we're gonna uh we're gonna check out american horror stories which is the spinoff of american horror story so i programmed the first episode of that for later in the month because we got to check out the spinoff and uh fear trilogy the fear street trilogy is coming to netflix so we're going down that rabbit hole, man. New awesome. stuff, old stuff. Very good. And I mention all those things also because even if you're not a patron or part of our Discord, like, enjoy Shark Week. Watch Near Dark on Shutter. <laughs> yeah. Get some summer movies in, man, because yeah. we are in it. Because before you know it, it'll be our favorite season. Oh, oh my God. And we will start season four of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Season four of the show will start at the beginning of September, and we have... Facts with <laughs> we have a lot of surprises for season four actually we're changing the format of the show we're adding, i'm not going to wear pants during the recording there will be no pants for either one of us <laughs> but also no video of that <laughs> fyi uh unless it's surreptitious underneath the oh, table yeah. i'll be yeah. getting a little stalker vibe yep. under the table of your no pantslessness no mm -hmm. just kidding not gonna no, do no, that it's just getting creepy not consensual uh yeah we're, we're changing it up season four is going to be a lot of what you guys really like about our show and some new format stuff and some new segments and all that we're super excited plus it's not a world where we cannot go to the halloween events i know it is a world where we can and you and i have already purchased tickets to the pop-up midsummer scream in august that's correct i am excited I am excited as well. I believe you have another event you wanted to. I do. I like, I, again, I keep in mind that we have people who are not living in Los Angeles. Absolutely. So I would like to announce the flashback weekend in Chicago. Nice. Um, Horicon. So this is from July 30th through August 1st at Hyatt Regency, O'Hare, Chicago, um, in Rosemont, Illinois. So it's the Chicago's largest and longest running horror convention. It's known for its major celebrity guests, innovative programming, and lavish parties. So if you are living in that area or in the Midwest, all my Detroit folk, all my Michigan friends, get in the car. It's five hours. Flashback weekend, 
com, and that'll pull up the whole schedule and all that goodness in there. That, it looks awesome. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it does. If you look at the web, the website alone, you know, sometimes websites just pull you in. You're like, I don't even care if this sucks. I'm going because the website's cool as hell. Um, yeah. That's how I get sucked into some film And festivals. Chicago's, it's, it's one of my top three favorite cities in the country. It's a great, it, my friends who have lived in Chicago, which I actually have two or three different friends who have lived at, in Chicago over my lifetime, and they always have good things to say. They don't end up staying, <laughs> probably because of the weather, but they always, they always remember it as like one of their favorite places to live, or they move because of a job or whatever, and not for any like good reason. But um, you know what I'm thinking? That we should quit our jobs never be psychologists again and drive around the country going to horror events. Well, close. Okay, good. I was thinking if that, sorry, if we, if we know the dates for next year, you and I do this for your birthday. Oh, the Chicago thing. Yeah. Cause it's happening on my birthday. Well, I mean, it's close. It's end of July, beginning of oh. August. Uh, mm. And we do it as like a birthday gals, terror talk convention trip, maybe instead Thingy. of midsummer's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I right, mean, right, if we right. plan it, and I'm just saying. I that's because at because I will have already quit my job and be traveling around the country in a van. Yeah, I'll probably because be jobless I'll have no and, money and pantless. Because <laughs> I'll have no money going to horror conventions, and that's how they say it in Chicago. Pants. And I'll look like someone who just goes to horror conventions by then. <laughs> right. No, no. You will look like a horror convention. I will. That's horror, not whore. Oh, easy there. No, it's aesthetic horror, not Tiger. horror. Oh, mm. yeah. I don't know. I wanted to. I wanted to make that. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying. <laughs> She's trying to make that distinction. I would never call you a whore. Just a horror. Ho. You might call me a ho. That's more like horror, though. <laughs> There's no W in front of that. I mean, you really should spell ho with a W, but that makes it who. Yeah, and so that doesn't, doesn't really work. work. Okay, moving on. Fair. I think you had some news as well. Some news, some horror news. Uh, I do. I just th thought this was kind of a fun piece of info because we are such, um, you know, Disney fans. It's true. Right? It's true. So this is uh, Scarlett Johansson to star in and produce Tower of Terror. I saw that. Amazing. I think that's kind of cool that they're going to do. So obviously we know that it was made years ago for Twilight Zone. So this will be like the second or third time they've done it. But it's actually going to be a film adaptation of the Disney theme park ride. Yes. So the film will be based on the Disney ride, which ends with an exhilarating free falling elevator drop. The experience includes a rod surling sounding narrator to get riders in the proper frame of mind. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, you know, they were talking about how Disney's had a hard time turning theme rides into films. Kind of hopeful for this. I'm a Scarlett Johansson fan. I think she's great. Um, she is. So. And hot to boot. And she's hot. She's hotter now than she, when she was younger. Gorge. She's aged so well. Not that she's old, but. No, no. Some women just get better. She's gorgeous. Um, so anyway, keep looking on. I, I think I'm on Horror News Network horrornewsnetwork.net okay. okay, to stop saying horror. horror. <laughs> anyway, if you want updates, just go to horrornewsnetwork.net. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> F off! And for, and for those of you that blew out your sound uh, with that. They stopped listening five minutes ago. Thank you for your patronage. <laughs> uh, guess what? I have a what the hell for today's show. Oh, nice. 
Some of you may remember a little segment we used to do called What the Hell? And we used to do it at the end of the show, I think throughout seasons one and two. And then we retired it. Well, it's been coming back in our Patreon. Uh, our Patreon members know that we've been doing a little What the Hell event, you know, off and on. And so I thought this one needed to be s- shared with all the people. So <laughs> <laughs> you've seen exorcisms take place in movies and TV shows, but have you ever seen one in the lumber aisle of a Home Depot? Oh, Christ. Mm-hmm. So this is from, you know, a couple days ago and was submitted to us by a a patron. So I will not out them. (laughs) Police in Lackawanna County, Pennsylvania. Lackawanna? Like Lackawanna County? Lackawanna County? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. I will never get to the story at this rate. Uh, Received a bizarre call on Monday that quote-unquote disorderly people were performing an exorcism, quote-unquote, for the dead trees at Home Depot in Dixon City. They were escorted out of the building. One officer from the Dixon City police told the Philly Voice that it was a seance type of thing for the dead. I gave him a little accent there. Dead! Even though it's from Philly. I can't do a Philly accent. You that think was I not could? Philly. No, it was not. I, I just, I feel it's so Southern the way he talks. Anyway, there were two people hanging out in the lumber department doing their little exorcism thing. The officer said. <laughs> How demeaning. I love it. Some people at the store started picking up that something was happening that was not necessarily normal. Police were called to the store and they were escorted out of the building. The individuals in question will not be charged. Uh, Apparently the news of the incident was put on a police blotter posted in their Facebook page. Yeah. The exorcism incident was surrounded by other far more normal posts, (laughs) police related incidents, yada, yada. So it's like, it's it's just on their normal thing, but they're posting all the incidents. And then there was the exorcism for wood in the middle. And then there were over 200 comments. And some of the comments included, Sometimes I think the two by fours in my garage are possessed. Oh my was God. One comment. <laughs> Another comment was, could you elaborate a little more on the alleged exorcism and the lumber aisle? Wow. <laughs> like, could you, what? <laughs> and then another one wrote, please, may I have a crumb of context and also the body cam footage of the Home Depot. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then, you know, what's uh, also funny to me is that the article, by the way, that's on MSN.com goes on to talk about the lumber crisis and that maybe that was one of the motivations for it. There was like an unprecedented shift, I guess, in the housing market because that wood, there was a lumber shortage. And so wood went up really, really high in price. So building homes became not a great idea. And now, now that the price of lumber is coming back down as the economy economy begins to open up again post COVID mm-hmm. uh, experts are warning that the prices won't be like as low as they were before, but they're better. So, and then it says like perhaps more exorcisms will do the trick. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, that's a good one. Thank you yeah. again, submitted by a patron. You guys send me your stuff. Cause 
I'll share it for sure. Yeah. We'll, oh my gosh. That's such a great way. Yeah. Send them to us. Cause if you yeah. can find some good ones. Yeah. If you're on the discord, just DM me with them super easy or post them in our, in our channels, but also send them via email or Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot, so you can send them there too. Anyway, or Twitter. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, next is a little segment we like to call. And I want to mention the horror effects with Kath today. Kathy brought, uh, starburst duos I did to the recording today I want to see what you think and I, during your recitation of facts I'm going to be eating the um, strawberry watermelon okay so I have one I preferred over the other okay I'm going to try both while you're talking and interrupt the you. other is blueberry lemonade okay. okay I'm eating the one now all right number one this movie was inspired by a Christmas shopping crowd okay Number two, this movie is not a true story, despite how often it has been told to us that it is. Mm, strawberry watermelon is much more subtle than I thought it would be. I'm glad. <laughs> Number three. That's exactly the reaction I wanted. Go ahead. The villain actually wears three different masks. Wow. Number four. The temperature combined with carcasses on the set and the meat inside the house, actors revealed we would do a scene and then all run to the window and throw up. Temperature, meat, and actual carcasses. Yes. Okay. And number five, the villain studied mentally ill people to prepare for his role. I'm on Blue Mary Lemonade. Yeah, what do you think? I like it better. Me too. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we agree on something. So before she tells me what the facts mean. You're going to tell me what the facts mean. Put that together. <laughs> okay. Carcass, meat, and heat, three masks, mentally ill. Texas Chainsaw yes. Massacre. Well, I knew, but. Like, talk about a good summer jam. <laughs> She's so funny. She's like, damn it, put it together. Pull it together. So Toby Hooper was inspired to make this film after he went to um, Black Friday and saw the amount of people just like, Mur! like all in the stores. He's like, you know what would be really great right now? If I had a chainsaw and I could just blast through all of these people. They went, oh, wait. It was a fantasy. Yes. See, that's the way a murder fantasy is executed in a healthier way. That's right. Make a movie. Through a film. Make a movie where you don't actually do it. Right. Or have a dream and talk to your therapist about it. <laughs> Everybody has these fantasies, but most of us are not like the toy box killer, which we spoke about on Wednesday and executed in real life. That's right. We use it in our imaginations. That is correct. And yes, I enjoyed both of these Starburst duos. You just I, prefer the blueberry lemonade. The blueberry lemonade has a lovely sour tang to it i think those are the only two flavors in this one really yeah i know like in general are those the only two no flavors? just just in the blender oh ones. okay yeah all right good to know these are the facts you needed to know yeah because it's a horror show horror um, facts right with kath fair <laughs> Eek. all right we did a buddy watch the movie was called Ro Rosemary's Baby. Now, what we're doing right now with our buddy watches throughout July and August before we start our new season is we are 
uh, as I explained last week, we are often on one of my favorites, one of Kathy's favorites, and we are trying to pick things that we haven't talked about ad nauseum on the show. So this week is my pick, and I chose Rosemary's Baby. So most of you, if you're listening to this show, will know that flick, but we're going to talk about it anyway, because you know what? There's lots of old stuff I don't know about that I should, and people shame me for, and I'm so I'm going <laughs> to... So I'm going to talk about it as if you don't know what Rosemary's Baby is. So Rosemary's Baby is from 1968. It's a horror flick. And it is two hours and 16 minutes long. But still widely agreed as an excellent film from back in the day. It's Roman Polanski is the director. So whatever you may feel about Roman Polanski... Definitely shows up in this film. Personally, Kathy will give her agenda with that (laughs) at some point, (laughs) as she does. But let me just give you the movie info first. Uh, A young wife comes to believe that her offspring is not of this world. Wayfish Rosemary Woodhouse, and that's for sure, played by Mia Farrow. The misogyny in this was pretty... Pretty stark. Oh my god! But I didn't pay attention to that in the you know seventies and eighties when I watched the that whole movie. But when I see it now, it's so clear. But I was like I wanted a kid. to I wanted to reframe this movie, gaslighting from hell. I know it's horrible. So anyway, and her struggling actor husband guy John Cassavetes, who infantilizes Mia the whole time. In the whole time, <laughs> move to it's just become so apparent in our culture. But again, nineteen sixty eight. So God, it was painful. Moved to a New York City apartment building with an ominous reputation and odd neighbors, Roman and Minnie Castavet, who are amazing, Sydney Blackmer and oh, Ruth Gordon. They're the best part of the movie. Ruth Gordon. She, oh, my God. I remember. Yeah, she was yeah. amazing. She was so great back in the day. Uh, she was in a bunch of 70s stuff, I think. When Rosemary becomes pregnant, she becomes increasingly isolated and the diabolical truth is revealed only after Rosemary gives birth. So obviously going to spoil the shit out of this because it's from 1968 also a classic but also one of my favorite older uh demon movies <laughs> i guess possession demonic movies which of course were very popular then and have always remained very popular now because if i were to pick one of the more uh the things i've talked about more i would have picked the exorcist because the exorcist was in that same Mm -hmm. vein obviously not the same kind of story or kind of movie but it was in that kind of possession situation although this is obviously a very different and you know this is really regarded as polanski's like opus yeah where he did all his stuff like his trademark stuff in it so tell me about the misogyny (laughs) kathy You mean how it bleeds through two hours and 16 minutes? She's laughing because I'm just like, go for it. Oh, my God. Not only is it infantilizing and misogynistic and, you know, even Mia Farrow's character just like giggles like a five-year-old through the whole thing. And he's like, you're not going to that doctor. It's my body. No, it's not. (laughs) But even when I said to Kathy, oh, I'd like to do Rosemary's Baby, she's like, oh, that's a good one. And then we watch it. And and it is a good movie. I still think it's a good movie. It is a good movie, yeah. But but when we watch it, seeing it now is just so different. This is what women go through when they're pregnant. How would you know, ass fuck? You've never been you've never been pregnant. He's like a seventy five year old white dude with a pocket watch trying to tell her what a uterus does. There's <laughs> there's often a lot of misogyny and a lot of like cultural appropriation. Yes. It's like the it's like the get out. 
everyone but even movie yeah totally it's it's like that it's like all this privilege and entitlement male entitlement blah 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 blah. but this, honestly still a very enjoyable movie because i think because mia farrow has always been a weird she's actor to yeah, me she's, she's like odd. an odd she's got a quirky oddness to her yeah and so she plays that character so of well someone who definitely is led around by the hand yeah like a child she yeah. literally wears baby doll dresses yep. the whole movie mm -hmm. so it's on purpose mm -hmm. so i get what they're doing well there. and 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 polanski loved little girls so you know there's that but we know that now we yeah. didn't know that then and i don't think it t i don't think that fact takes away in any way from mia's performance i think she's pretty great in this yeah no and just um you know she's so and i think what's another if you remove all of the stuff yeah. that we know now and let's just go to the film for a moment just yes. get off your fucking soapbox yes, please, kathy kathy okay <laughs> i think just step down yeah. sit in the chair oh, okay that feels better <laughs> Whoosh. i think just um we've seen in a lot of horror movies the way that pregnancy can be we saw it i think in it was the exorcist three or the new beginning or whatever it's called where the, the, the woman gives birth and basically the baby's covered in flies and maggots and just any sort of association with Satan playing a part in being the father of the child. And we do that through representations of pregnancy and fertility in horror films, mm -hmm. more so by male directors who have a really like weird imagination and some like womb envy, if you really want to get to it. Yeah. But, um, it's really all, like always depicted as this very like tormenting. The woman's very vulnerable. She has no control over anything. And so then you mix that with it being, you know, 1968 when mm -hmm. this movie comes out mm -hmm. and people were still in the midst of the, the satanic panic, like we've talked about before at that time, it was a really powerful movie for a number of reasons. It would have been terrifying to be a woman in her condition in that era with everything that was going on, you really like pity her and feel for her. And she's so incredibly trapped in that way. It's more terrifying to me. Yeah. That last half an hour, 45 oh. minutes, I was very, I, I didn't remember a lot of the first hour or so, yeah. which was great to revisit because I honestly haven't watched it in a very long time. Right. And so it was actually really enjoyable for mm -hmm. me because it was new to it, me. Me too. It had been a long time. And then that last half an hour, 45 minutes, I remembered some of it. I remembered a lot of it, but just like flashes. And they're like celebrating the demon. Yeah. They're like. And the upside down cross hanging over the bassinet, yes. like all of that. When it, when it comes to the epic conclusion where it's all revealed that they've been dosing her and creating a demon inside her and all this stuff and the one guy there's just like one shot of the guy and it's he's like hail satan you know yeah. and all this i was just like wow i don't remember it being that on the nose right but also there was some boob foo in the beginning yeah when they have sex and um i i saw the tv version of this okay a million years ago so i don't think i ever saw the boob foo right i think there this was like a different version, of course. This was mm -hmm. the adult version of it. And I also wanted to just share a little bit of li a little list that I found, or actually that I cobbled together from a couple of articles of directors, filmmakers that credit Rosemary's Baby as influence on their work. Mm. So Jordan Peele does mention that he, he cited this movie as uh, an inspiration for the social commentary in Get Out. I can totally see that. Um, Night of the Living Dead, Jaws, Halloween, Frankenstein. Um, 
the uh, Ari Aster with his movie Hereditary said he talked about, you know, he talked about Rosemary's for the domestic drama and the terror uh, in Hereditary. Uh, the House of the Devil, Devil's Do, The Babadook, Annabelle, The Ones Below, uh, and even We Need to Talk About Kevin uh, could be kind of interpreted as a okay. quasi-sequel about a mother oh, and a troubled offspring. Interesting. Like, what if yeah. that was the sequel? Yeah. You know? So, anyway, enjoyable. There's also a movie that was out on June uh, 25th that I have not seen yet called False Positive. And it's supposed to be... Oh, I saw the trailer for that, I think. It's supposed to be a natural progression of the uh, the, the, um, the relationship there. Okay. It's a... I, um, let me see if I can find whether it's a remake or... A, not a remake, but like inspired. A contemporary spin-on is how they talk about it. Sorry. Of, of Rosemary's Baby. I'm imagining not nearly as good, but it's got Justin Theroux and Pierce Brosnan in it. And, um, you know, very cool. Yeah. I saw the, um, Alana. Yeah. Alana Glazer. Yeah. Anywho, what else did we, did we want? Oh, the creepy music in Rosemary baby. Gotta just mention that the music is the best. And the, and you know, and I do want to say that a radical hair change, at least in a female is never a good sign. No in a movie. She chops off all her hair and dies. Which I think it red looks adorable. I thought it did too. And her husband was like, what did you do? It's oh, the worst decision they, you've ever yeah, made. Because, I was like, drama much? Well, and he walks in, he's like that. You look terrible. And she looks like Twiggy. She looked beautiful. She's adorable. Either way, those big dough eyes. It, but at that time it was like, yeah. you look like a man for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was well, and it was radical as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have maybe said, like, she's like, how many times did she say it's Fidel Sassoon? I know. <laughs> he's like he would like beat her up verbally and then she'd be like huh it's vidal suit like just totally goes over her that he just like bashed her with words no she's like but it's designer honey i know (laughs) which pisses him off even more because she's not getting upset by his him being upset i don't care it looks awful but it doesn't look it didn't it it looked cuter than her first cut but i did want to say if it's a radical hair change yeah something bad's about to happen ask some questions yeah I mean, don't shame people, but ask a few questions yeah. about their mental health. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> All, right. All right. What did I watch? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to start with, uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago and you had asked me if I had watched it and I'm finally getting through Creep Show. Great. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, do you like my shirt, by the way? I do. I have a, a creepy co, creepycompany.com. I love, and they have all the different button ups with the different shows. And I have a creep show one on today. And you can't even tell, by the way, it's like super subtle. Looks like a totally normal shirt and until I, you walk I, up close. And, and then I do mean like normal little skeletons and coffins on it. Yeah, it's cute. Um, it's cute, honey. It's cute. I would say that my favorite episode of season one. Mm-hmm. I'll just talk about one episode. Is um, great. Uh, the House of the Head. Okay. Have you watched these yet? I watched some. Not okay. All. This is really good and scared the living poop out of me. Um, living poop. <laughs> it only Sorry, got three ahead. out of five, which surprises me. But t- the little girl is so great okay. in this episode. And the episodes are only like 25 minutes long. Right. So this is written by Josh Mallerman, who actually wrote Bird Box, or author of Bird Box. Um, so it's, a, it's about a little girl who um, actually has, she has this, dollhouse and she starts to um 
really get into these stories that are involving the the little dolls inside the house to the point where you almost wonder if she's having somewhat of like a delusional disorder that these things are alive. But one day she returns to the dollhouse and the movements appear to be telling the story of a deadly battle against this invasive head who shows up. She's like, where did you come from? And it's this beheaded demon essentially. So she, she goes into the toy maker who built the dollhouse sells other figurines like a policeman a native american to like try to get this head out whether it's through spirituality or through like handcuff it was really really well done Uh, i'm not going to go into too much more of it but it basically this dollhouse comes to life and this little girl is is the only one that knows what's going on and now it starts to play out like in her actual house really scary like it it was just a really good like 23 24 minute episode and the little girl in it is so good it was my favorite episode, uh, one of my favorite episodes of season one. Yeah, and it's so great because uh, season one, right? Oh, interesting. Because yeah. it wasn't season one that just came out, right? It's See, like there's two seasons right now. I okay, think. gotcha. Some people didn't like it because it felt like, well, where is this going? Well, it's like it's 23 minutes. It's a short story. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kathy's telling you to calm down. They're like, uh, it, there's nowhere interesting for things to go. Well, in 23 minutes, it can only go so far. You know, people are like. Take it for what it is. Yeah, it's a haunted dollhouse, and it's fun. Kathy, Relax. Kathy's going to smack you around if you don't like it. <sighs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm really glad you enjoyed some of it, because I think Creepshow is pretty fun. Yeah, it is. And I thought you might like it, actually, just, um, you know, creepy dolls. You and your creepy yeah. dolls. And that and that episode, I think, is why it's my favorite I wanted to mention that I watched uh, a 2020 movie called An Unquiet Grave. And it was, uh, hmm, yeah, only 72 minutes long. So excellent runtime. But unfortunately, it was 72 minutes that felt like 72 hours. Oh. Very. So I like a slow burn. I like possession. This was on the anniversary of his wife's untimely death. A man convinces her twin sister to perform a ritual to allow him to see her again. So I love a a forced reincarnation. (laughs) I I love all that. Uh, I did not love this movie. There are good performances in it. So the good stuff is that, you know, for 45 minutes of it, you're thinking, wow, this is really kind of tragic and ghoulish and melancholy and the performances are good and it's moody and dread filled and it's dark. You literally have to have your lights off to even see anything that's going on because it's half in the graveyard. Ooh, <laughs> it takes yeah. place in the grave, you know, because uh, it's a Frankenstein type of situation. <laughs> so, but unfortunately the slow burn doesn't pay off. And then, and what happens is if, if you, if you too slow a burn, nothing ever really happens. And it just becomes sort of grim and grief driven. It's just kind of a wah, wah, wah. Plus it's only 72 minutes and it's supposed to yeah, feel it's 72 it's minutes. It's supposed to feel zippy, right? And it feels 72, that long. It just felt dreadfully That's long terrible. and boring at one point. It was just like, oh. Just end. Wah, wah. Yeah, it just kind of like was a dud in my okay. opinion. So that's my deal. What else did you watch? I'm just going to mention two quick things. They're both television. Um, So I'm getting through in treatment. I'm watching it slowly because it's it's work. It is work. Um, It's what we do or partially what we do. But um, so far the episodes are really good. I just watched 
The okay. second episode with Colin. That's a really good one. He, the actor, I forget his name. He was on the big C. He's awesome. He played the brother. Um, so if you want to see like narcissism and addiction all kind of thrown into one, really good. Um, and then the other thing that I watched that came out the other night, if anyone is interested or still sort of following the residual stuff from, um, the Epstein case, mm. uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, they have a whole thing on 2020, her story, and just uh, they they sort of approach it from, you know, was she a perpetrator or a victim in this? And it goes into her history. I didn't know as much about like her father, Robert Maxwell, who's essentially like a, a media tycoon. And it really goes into how she got to know all these people and um, how she got involved in this whole thing. And it, and it allows you to decide on your own, but it gives a lot more about her because her names and her picture has been thrown everywhere in this case as being, you know, the the one who, who helped con condition and groom a lot of these girls. But this goes into her story and it was, um, I don't yeah. know, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, it sounds yeah. really good. I I have not started to watch In Treatment because it's work yeah. and because I loved the original series yeah. so much. Well, the first season I really loved and then after that I really loved the uh, relationship between him and Diane Weiss yes. and his supervision oh and all of that. And I, I really want to go back and watch that, but I also don't want to right now because I want to give the new series a chance because I know if I watch the she's first, great. I, I know she's yeah. going to be great. But I know it's not going to be. It's, it's you know, so of different. It's yeah. so different. So, I, and I'm going to very much try not to compare. But they gave it the same damn name. So, his his sessions with Blair Underwood were so great. Oh gosh, yeah. such a great series. Mm -hmm. that, so, if you've watched the old one, uh, if you haven't watched the old one, do that. But also watch the new, just because mm -hmm. I'm I'm game. I, I like anything that tackles our industry, whether they win or lose. Yep. I like the effort. <laughs> She's very likable. Cool. I wanted to mention, uh, lastly, because I think that's your last that. one. Okay, cool. I, I wanted to mention, lastly, that uh, I rewatched the movie Relic from 2020. Oh, wow. It's a horror drama. I mentioned this movie when I first saw it at Sundance in 2019 or whatever. And it has now come to streaming. So that's cool. You know, it has amazing critical reviews because I think it's really good. And the audience you know is hit or miss because there's quite a bit of metaphor and, and it does deal with grief but also there's about a half an hour there between like the the second act crisis and maybe just before the last the ending where there's some straight up great horror <laughs> in that movie so even just for that half an hour there they they do the horror real well yeah, I, I, I never I don't think I ever saw it. It's a slow it's a slow yeah. building tension type of thing, but it's three generations of w women. So there's a, you know, a, a a granddaughter, a daughter, and a grandmother. And this is this has got the uh, crone um, trope in it. Got it. The the scary old woman trope. And when I was at Sundance, I saw these three on a panel talk afterwards. It was literally in a really small theater with them just standing up at the front. So it was kind of casual, but I heard them talk about it. And of course, you know how it is that always sort of solidifies a movie, like in your memory, when you hear the actors sure. talk about what they did and stuff. Plus this is an evil possession movie and yep, that's my jam. So I recommend it. <laughs> So okay. please watch it. I, I do think, you know, it's got Emily Mortimer in it 
for goodness wow. sake. She's the mom. And then Robin Nevin is the grandma. And then Bella Heathcote is the daughter. Some good peeps in that. Yeah, really well acted, whether or not you... But if possession's your jam, it's certainly a good offering. And then you and I can debate about the ending and what it means because it's odd and, uh, and different. Okay. That's what I got. So thank you so much for listening to Shrink Chat. We are enjoying our summer movie watches. And if you would like a group of wonderful people to watch some Shark Week with this upcoming week and some summer solstice movies, all of our favorite summer horror movies, please join our our Patreon and also our Discord. And and join us because we would love to have you. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening, and once again, sleep safe.